The following content is not suitable for children. Okay, welcome back to Fall Play Radio. Here's a chance for us to continue this conversation with a bit of a twist. Instead of me being the client answering some of these sexual questions, we're switching roles and Lori's going to get a chance to be the client and I'm your sex therapist, George <laughs> Farrell. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Just as we begin, please remember to check out UberLube. UberLube.com is where you can get this great lubricant and help support Foreplay Radio. Okay, George. So I'm a little excited about this, Lori. I'm a little anxious about this. You I probably can... should be. With me, <laughs> as your sex therapist. <laughs> I can feel what people feel. That's scary. So which part are we going to do on the sexual assessment? We're going to do sexual history. Okay. Right, which is okay. really just trying to get a, a sense of the good reasons why people have the views around sex that they have and they, some of the experience that inform those views. Mm-hmm. So I guess the way we're going to do this is like how I would typically do it in a session. Okay. So, okay, right, Laurie. So, I'm going to probably play somebody else. All right. I want to ask some questions about your sexual history not trying to blame people or things that happened in the past, really just to get curious with you to, to understand currently now some of these ideas and views you hold around sexuality are often influenced by things that have happened in the past. So that's the spirit of what we're trying to do. And if you don't have the answers to these questions, it's no big deal. It's just, you know, we're just trying to go back in time and be curious together. Okay. All right. So what are your first memories around sexuality hmm I remember hearing a story about something happening in the neighborhood and my mom got really uptight with me and made me tell my dad this story and it was clearly something sexual I think a little girl had been forced or been molested or something that's the first thing I remember do you Um, remember how old you were when that happened I was five five years old yep well, that's, that's great a- that you could remember all the way back then that there was something that happened, but somehow there was some some anxiety, something kind of something negative tied to something happened around sexuality. Right. I remember your mom my parents, was concerned. Yeah, mom was really concerned, and I remember mom and dad looking at each other, okay. um, but they didn't say anything. They didn't explain it to me. I know now, as I recall the memory of what I had heard, that it was uh, about yeah, I guess a, a another little girl having been molested. Right. Okay. So what messages about sex did you receive growing up? Hmm. I heard that, I mean, sex was definitely something for marriage. I heard in church that you weren't supposed to do it, that, you know, that it was something good. I, I heard good messages from the church in terms of it was something that was good for marriage, but there was a lot of prohibition and knows about being sexual, you know, before marriage. So I, I got a lot of that. Okay. So it sounds to me, correct me if you're wrong, that you've done some thinking about this and there's looking in the past, there's been some negative messages around sexuality and things that could happen or things you shouldn't do. 
but there was also some positive messages around saving yourself for somebody you truly love and kind of how important sex really is and how healthy it can be in the right context. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. So how do you, how do you think those early influence impact your sex life now? Mm, that's a really good question. And it's okay not to have the answers. I mean, yeah. most of us don't talk about these things. So Yeah. I think that I think that part of me still feels, you know, like I remember becoming sexual and feeling guilty about that. Like I was doing something wrong. And I mean, I, you know, I'm married. I think it's good. Intellectually, I think it's good. There are some moments that just like a, a lingering feeling happens of guilt about what I'm doing. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Now that you mention it, I, I don't know that I've consciously thought of that, but I can kind of feel that. Okay. So again, pause for a second. Already I'm gathering this information that this, this early training has put some inhibitions, you know, around sexuality, some, some constraints around, is this right? Is it okay? There's a lot of anxiety attached to it. There's a lot of messages of doing the wrong thing or getting into trouble or it being wrong or it being mm -hmm. bad, mm -hmm. you know, so that's helpful and just moving forward and how how can this person be present sexually now with some of these influences from the past mm -hmm. so again that makes so much sense to me Lori. we all come from some kind of context that influences what's happening here and you know even now you're starting to see some of those shadows some of these kind of these guilty things from the past that it just sometimes kind of click in around sexuality today i do i sometimes i think well you know if i'd save myself for only my husband then maybe sex would be better or you know i mean crazy thoughts sometimes come to my mind like maybe the reasons i've had some struggle is just that's what you get when you break the rules that kind of stuff goes through my mind which i know is crazy but i still feel that it's not crazy at all. It's certainly, there are values that are attached to it. And you've, you've received a lot of these messages that there's a right way and a wrong way to do sex. Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes that line isn't so clear. And sometimes it sounds to me that you have doubts that pop into your head around sexuality and what you're doing, if it's right or wrong or okay or not. Yeah, I do. Definitely. Right. So when you think about sex, what two words come to mind? Or image, oh or like... Oh my gosh. Um, when I think about sex, what two words come to mind? Maybe it's a feeling that comes up for you, or, or an image. Don't necessarily have to be words, but which is, I'd say the word sex, like what do, you, what do you experience? I feel like pressure, you know? Okay. So pressure comes to mind, and I feel... It's not just one word, but like I'm a disappointment. Those, uh, those are the two. There's pressure, and I'm a disappointment. You're doing a great job here, Laurie. I appreciate your openness to just think about or allow yourself to experience things that normally you, you don't think about or you push aside. But there's something, even just the word sex itself brings up this pressure, this sense of disappointment. Some of these, you talked about early on, these anxieties that have just been attached to sexuality. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, again, I appreciate yeah. you really sharing. 
If you think about when puberty began, how did you feel about that? How did your family respond to to you blossoming into, you know, changing into into an adult woman? Well, I love the way you just said that, blossoming into an adult woman. That was definitely not the message I got from my family. (laughs) I mean, I remember feeling acutely embarrassed, just like starting to develop was the most self-conscious, conspicuous feeling, Um, Mm. like breast buds. Oh, my God. I I was just, strangely, I wasn't proud at all. I was humiliated. And I remember riding my bike and believing that my guy friends, I had, I was kind of a tomboy. And I just remember them like thinking that they could tell I was on my period and just feeling so um, embarrassed. It was really embarrassing. And my family, you know, I don't think my father even knew. And, and I wouldn't have told them that would have been totally embarrassing. And I think my mother, hmm. She kind of made it awkward. Um, she didn't, you know, like I had to tell her and I had to go buy the stuff, and it was really an awkward scene. It's like she wanted me to do it myself and go pay for it myself, and I was just like, oh, my God. I, I didn't want the clerk to know that I was buying menstrual supplies. Right. It was really embarrassing. It was like I should somehow or another feel strong and do this, and I did not feel that. Okay. So you can feel the difference between – being seen as someone blossoming into something new and celebrating that versus the way your family, and I trust all families are doing the best they can, and you've described so many strengths and, 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 and things that your family did well. But again, around the sexuality, this transition to being a woman, a lot of the words that you felt were, were negative, awkward, embarrassed, humiliated. There were, again, these fears and anxiety attached around your body and around sex. Yeah, I mean, okay. that I would definitely wanted my children to feel that blossoming celebration, but whoa, that was not what was happening. All right. Um, yeah. Again, it's so helpful. You give me so much information and the good reasons why you have the relationship to your body and to sex the, mm-hmm. the way you do. Mm-hmm. So how about your first experience of being sexually aroused? Do you, can you remember that? Do you remember what it felt like? What happened? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. And that was by myself. Okay. So I, I definitely remember that. And again, that was something I, I think my parents were totally upset and anxious about because I think they discovered me or something. But I remember there being talk about it and, and feeling ashamed about it. So how old were you? I don't know, little, very little. Okay. So you were just doing what most little little kids do, and you were being curious, and you were kind of touching your body. And I was you kind of orgasms. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and that was, that was a good feeling? Like, how did you, it got complicated by how your parents responded? I'm just yeah, curious I, what I happens mean, now as you start to just replay that scene of kind of having an orgasm, liking the touching of your own body. I mean, I think, yes, it was a good feeling, but I think that my family's disapproval of that sort of got mixed in with all of that. The okay. good feeling was complicated by their disapproval, their upset. Okay. 
So again, there's these strings always attached to pleasure and sexuality and what's healthy about it. There's, there's these mixed feelings and disapproval and embarrassment and just kind of there are always some strings attached to it. How about your, your first sexual experience with a partner? So like first kiss or first full sexual experience? Yeah, if it's or? first kiss, first time you had sex. Mm. Um, and I, again, I so love how you're trying to differentiate because they're, they're different things and, 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 and landed, they felt very different. Right, so that they both feel pretty, really important to me, that first kiss. Yep. And I would say I had an incredible experience on my first kiss. I, I remember two, two times, like one was really not with a person that I was dating and another was with a guy I was dating. And both of them were super powerful. Just like I felt super... I felt really nervous the first time. The second time, I was really excited, and I felt arousal both times, like okay. instant arousal. And I think if I hadn't masturbated, I wouldn't have known what that was. That was like, like holy Toledo. This okay. is what it's like to be with somebody. That was really neat. And I, I find it so helpful to understand not just some things that went wrong or in our sexual past, but the things that went right that really have kind of allowed us to feel these moments of ecstasy and kind of what, what was so powerful about that moment to put words to really what did turn you on that really opened you up. Mm-hmm. Did you understand what that, that was, what it was that really kind of felt so powerful? I think it was, I think it was just like such being so flooded with sensation um, and something that I hadn't ever expected, like when I had fantasized about being kissed and, and probably fantasized about being touched at that point too, like never had I expected my body to respond. And it was mm. like, boom, amazing. Good. And it's, it's interesting as you're talking about this first kiss that there's, this is the first time you're talking about sex or attraction and you're not talking about messages of worry or or something wrong or something bad. There seems to be something pure about this kiss that just really leaned into the positive direction. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I've never thought about that, but you're right. It was very pure. And I mean, when I think about those memories, they're all good. All good. You're very wise at how you understand your body and, and your experiences. I appreciate you letting me into this place. So... I only got two more questions for you, just as I'm trying to understand. What about that first time having sex? How was that? That's a big question. I mean, I would say super anxious, super anxious, excited about it. And who was this? Feeling bad. This was a boyfriend. Okay. And And how old were you? I was in my, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, somewhere in there. Okay. And I felt, I felt guilty, a lot of guilt because it was wrong and felt like I was, yeah, definitely felt like I was wrong. Uh, but it was kind of commingled with all this excitement and sensation and 
all of that. All right. So, again, we're just looking for these themes that are running throughout your sexual history. Right? There's, there's parts of you that can allow yourself to feel good and be in your body and experience the light to let yourself go. There's also a lot of strings attached to this that can lead to feeling guilty or embarrassed or bad or disappointed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we're just going to try to kind of connect those dots to figure out how you can make more choices in this to, to have more of what you want around sexuality mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of having, you know, that shadow of the past make a lot of these decisions for you mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing with me. Yeah, that wasn't right. too bad. Yeah, you did awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's pause. Okay. We'll come back and discuss the case. Okay. Hey, y'all, Dr. Lori Watson talking about UberLube. UberLube is a fantastic product. It is something that I use myself. I've been giving it out for years to patients and recommending it because it's not sticky. It has a great glide. It doesn't leave a residue and it leaves your skin feeling soft and silky, which is awesome. It is made up of three types of high-grade silicon. It's scent-free, taste-free, so you can switch from foreplay to oral sex to intercourse with no problem. And it's classy. I mean, it has beautiful packaging. It's glass. It looks in this clear bottle like something that you can be proud of on your nightstand. It's made in the USA, which I'm so grateful for because we need every job we can get right now. It is, I think, the highest quality product on the market. And having something fun that makes sex even better, I would love for you to try UberLube. And your support at uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay helps us continue to provide content for you. So we would love for you to check it out there. Again, uberlube.com. And then you want to use the coupon foreplay. Hey, just a word to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. Many of you have been really faithful for a couple of years at least in supporting us. And we're really grateful for that. And we'd also like to invite others of you into our mission We see our calling, essentially, as to help couples develop a long-lasting relationship that is both intimate and also sexually erotic. As you know, it's what we talk about every week. We would be grateful for you in joining us in this mission. Your support means more than you realize, and it keeps this project moving forward, and we're really hoping to reach greater heights. And our sponsors, UberLube, have partnered with us, and they have offered to send the first 12 people who sign up on Patreon for a $10 and above level a free package of UberLube. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com, and we are so thankful for your support. Okay, welcome back. So that was a quick snapshot into some of the questions behind an attachment history. I'd also want to know a little bit about painful experiences or traumatic experiences around sexuality to assess Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's already clear in just these couple of questions, a lot of the mixed messages that Lori has around sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right, that she does have some success with positive sexual experiences, which is really good and helpful to know. But there are a lot of those strings attached around feeling guilty or wrong or bad or how her body feels, the words she uses around pressure or 
distress or embarrassment, humility, humiliation, right? These negative strings attached. So that's, that's going to be helpful in, in connecting those dots to how they're starting to play out in her current sexual mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. So how was that for you, Lori, as you just kind of experienced being a client a little bit and you know, I, I think I've said that no one has ever really taken a sexual history on me. And even though I was just playing a patient, I did feel the vulnerability, I think. I was waiting for your EFT question, G, about something along the lines of, you know, how does this feel to you or where are you feeling when you think about this? And maybe you, you're better eft than I am. You wouldn't have gone that deep. But I felt this tension on the back of my shoulders, just like, ooh, talking about this stuff. And even in a pretend mode, there was anxiety. But I also felt like it wasn't as hard as I thought. I think telling a male clinician that stuff, you know, I I think I would have imagined it to be a little bit more difficult. And it really wasn't you. You made me feel really safe especially when you extrapolated some of my ideas about religion and why there was good things. It's like you helped put words to what I was thinking and, and it kind of went, yeah, yeah, he's on the same page as me. He knows that. So that felt good. Um, I think my main goal in asking those questions is more importantly that you experience success in sharing the answers. Mm-hmm. I want your body to start connecting, talking about sex as something helpful and good. Mm-hmm. So I would have, if this was a real session and we had the time, have gone into, even right now, as you say, you think about Tommy at 15 and first time having sex, mm-hmm. you know, and you talk about that guilty feeling. Like, where do you feel that in your body now as you kind of go back and the past comes into the moment, mm-hmm. right? When we get those bodily markers, they're giving us a lot of information, right? This is probably where you're going to store that stress or that guilty feeling. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to start bringing attention to that place so we can bring healing into that place, right? It mm-hmm. might be like you were talking about the stress on the back of your shoulders, right? Or your neck. If you could put words to that and your partner was in the room, your husband, then maybe him rubbing your neck is, is your body finally getting responsiveness in places it never does but Mm -hmm. most of us don't want to talk about it and we don't want to share it because we don't want to burden our partner or we don't want to reveal those parts of ourselves and then we never get the healing in those places that are really so critically important i think too one of the things i realized in the sexual history you know you asked about my first experiences and most people in my experience as as a sex therapist have never shared with their partner their first masturbation experiences or the first time they felt arousal or what that was like. I mean, isolating it down to the first kiss, it, it's like, did you have sex before you got married? Yeah. You know, how many X? You know, it, it, it's like it's really generic in terms of the way people share. But I think there's so much more richness about their experience that when you were asking me the questions, allowing me space to think about it and and to answer and then have some sense that you cared about what I said, that you took it seriously, that you were interested. It wasn't just, you know, it was, it was a story. It wasn't, I think with a partner, oftentimes partners are asking questions in an anxious way. Mm -hmm. They have an agenda. They want to know something. They're, 
they're worried about comparison or they're worried about numbers or they're worried about purity. Who knows? I mean, there, there are many things that they're worried about. And so they don't open up the same sort of space that I felt as a therapist was opening up for me kind of to actually talk about it. I agree. And yet I also can feel myself, if I was your husband, mm-hmm. being very interested by some of these questions, right? That you're, you're revealing parts of you that you really haven't even addressed yourself, mm-hmm. right? I felt the vulnerability in some of the answers as you, you were like, interesting, I, I really never looked at it that way. Right? There's, there's a privilege of being led into that place, mm-hmm. right? And you're right. Most people, we might talk about our first sexual encounter, but we don't talk about first time masturbating. I mean, there, there are things that you, you answered in those couple of questions that you've probably never spoken to before with your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can see how confronting these, these or answering these questions gives more availability more things, parts of you to engage with for yourself and for your partner to engage with. Mm-hmm. While we also have to be careful of, you know, do they become triggers to the other person that wind up leading to more distance or protection, which, you know, that's why a therapist's help is important in these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think what I continue to hear from you, which I thought was really good, was trying to catch the themes that might be both good and bad in her eventual sex life or her present sex life. There was this theme of guilt. There was this theme of excitement. Both parts, I I felt like you paid attention to both parts. And that was really good because, and that's something that I listen for as a sex therapist or therapist too, is because I'm, I'm looking for injuries and I'm looking for strengths. How am I going to capitalize on the strengths to expand those to help the person have a fuller experience, both emotionally, sexually, an arousal in their body? And I'm also looking for, okay, what needs to be repaired? How do we manage these places maybe of misinformation? You said something, as you, I think it was as you were wrapping up, you said, so that you'll be able to uh, make choices about your experiences, you know, which kind of was very helpful. It was like you were leading her to a way that maybe how, uh, particularly the guilt themes, that she wasn't necessarily going to be stuck there, nor were you necessarily going to say, well, that's all okay. Why should you, why should you feel guilty about that? It was like, it was a process that kind of was pulling me toward hope, I thought. Absolutely. The idea of making the implicit explicit to help empower everyone listening that the answers to some of these questions, there's more vitality and energy in it. If all of this weight and all, you were a very different person when you described that first kiss Mm -hmm. versus describing that first time masturbating or that first sexual encounter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your body was in two radically different places. And you really haven't been given the space to make sense of those differences. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So the more that you're able to really see, I mean, don't take my words for it. The therapist isn't fixing the problem. They're just trying to help increase your awareness. Mm-hmm. When you can see the difference between that kiss, which is free of all the inhibitions and the guilt and the negativity and those other sexual experiences, which are loaded with them, mm-hmm. you're a very different sexual being. Mm-hmm. 
And the more that I can hold up that mirror in a loving way that says, can you notice the difference between door one and door two? And once you start to understand why they're so different, you can make better choices to say, do I want more of that love and kiss in my sexual life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. I agree. And it, it's not just choices, though, that, I mean, it's not just my cognitive choice. Okay, more, I want more of that. I think there is something special in processing it that allows that to happen. Right, with another person's acceptance, wondering, questioning, and caring, it's within that process that we can we can make the choice. I, I think people try sometimes cognitively to just say, well, I just am going to think that this is healthy, and I know that was all crazy what my family told me. But it, they can't do it. They can't let go of it in their body. The guilt still lingers because they haven't processed it. And I think what you were doing was working me through that process, which is powerful. And I I think, I mean, obviously our listeners, we're not just pitching therapy. We're saying that with an open heart, with gentle, soft, slow questioning and curiosity, you can free each other. I mean, you can, I agree. I mean, I I personally think it's, it's incredible to talk to people about this place in their life. Most of the people I talk to have never told anybody about it. I did a sexual assessment on a gentleman this week, and he told the most incredible experience of his first arousal. And there was like joy and and just pleasure, and he'd never told his wife this. And I just thought, oh, wow, I so want him to do that, and we'll work toward that. But because it was it was, like you said, it was so pure, you know, and so beautiful to see him uninhibited talking about it in, in, a, in a wonderful way. And I saw that purity even embedded in some of the stories you were telling around growing up and, and your faith, that certainly we can notice some of the stress and the disappointment and the awkwardness. Right, but there was also something around those values of of it being really special, and it and it, and and it being a way of surrendering and become part of something bigger than yourself. There was beauty attached to it too. So, mm-hmm. it's the perfect word was mixed messages. Mm-hmm. You have a ton of mixed messages around sexuality. Mm-hmm. And the more that you look at those messages and you kind of work with them, it just gets easier and easier to send more direct messages. Right. That's good. All right. Well, thanks for listening for Play Radio. Keep it hot. For those of you who are listening today, we are also going to send out some free Uberlube to those of you who sponsor us on our Patreon page. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com. And we are so thankful for your support. And Foreplay family, I want you to know we had our highest download day ever, thanks to you. Our downloads are just increasing by leaps and bounds. We are so grateful for your sharing. Thank you again. Definitely subscribe. That helps our rankings in iTunes, which is important for us. Call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.